Welcome to the Millennial Soul Food Podcast. I'm your host, Keyonce. Today's episode, episode 16, will be a review of Beyonce's Black is King. Enjoy. What's up? What's up? It's your girl, Keyonce, in the building. Whew, oh my god. Blackest King came out. Um, Let me pull it together. That ooh, I'm still affected. Even when I speak the words, I just, I get chills, Lord Jesus. Uh, but today's show is going to be all about Black is King. It was a very, very layered um, film and labor of love on the part of Beyonce. Um, so yeah, I'm your host, Keyonce, um, spiritual life and business coach, tarot reader, hoodoo mystic, um, cosmonaut based in New Orleans. And so today we're going to get into a lot of different subjects um, so a lot of different aspects, a lot of different things about um, Beyonce and this project. Um, there were a lot of occult themes, and it was kind of one of those things where you needed to be viewing things from your third eye in order to even catch the symbolism, because um, there is so much in there. I, I, I consider myself a pretty, a pretty well-read um, occult scholar person, but... Yeah, I um, there's a lot in there. A lot of hermetic, um, a lot of hermetic themes. A lot of um, African traditional religion um, themes. So we're gonna get into all of that, and then we're gonna. I just want to talk about some of the themes that I noticed in the film. Um, so just so y'all know, period, your girl. <laughs> I am a part of the Bayhive. I'm like, Keyonce obviously is inspired by Beyonce. I think for me, um, one of the things that really, really inspired me about Beyonce, although I do openly critique her work, which we're going to get into some critiques of the film, because Beyonce is a representation of hypercapitalism and a machine as it as um as it exists in the music industry so definitely i mean because you know of course, i think there's that one controversy controversy with the um this the production of ivy park so we're going to get into that and then we're also going to we're going to talk a little bit about no names criticism of um beyonce's film but back to the reason i, I the bay i'm in the bay hive Beyonce has always really inspired me because nobody is perfect, but I really, really admire her work ethic, and I it's very visible from her career, like her career trajectory, that she has been dedicated to really giving a performance. She's really been dedicated to the art of performance and executing um, her ideas, which a lot of times come through to her through dreams and visions, as she's to- said before. Um, executing a, a long-term vision for what she wants to, for how she wants to leave her mark on the world. Um, and so I, I've, uh, I've always stand for her. 
um, just, you know, I, there are, like I've said in the past, there have been very problematic things that have happened with her work, but I think, I think she's been open to criticism and stuff like that, but, you know, we have the, we are all allowed to criticize art, so, anyway, I, let's just, y'all know, this is, it's Bayhive, so, I might start hyperventilating at some points, and just please bear with me, because I, I get overwhelmed by the, oof, Oof, the spirit. But I love Beyonce because she's a true, like, she's a true Southern gal. <laughs> she's just amazing. Like, and I just love the, like, her roots. Like, I mean, my dad's side of the family is from, like, Louisiana. And so um, I really like that. She's always been kind of connected to her history in the South um, and her history with like Louisiana and Texas. Um, I think her dad is from Alabama, but um, her mom grew up in New Iberia, which is, um, I think it's like a few hours west of here in um, New Orleans. And there is a, there's a huge Creole population. There's like a lot of Cajun populations in like Southwestern and Southeastern um, Louisiana. And so that is where her family is from in Louisiana. And her last name, Beyonce's name is actually inspired by her mother, um, Tina, Miss Tina. Miss Tina knows. <laughs> Miss Tina, it's inspired by Miss Tina's um last name or maiden name which is Beyonce which is um B-E-Y-I-N-C-E and so um I can just keep on going but I I'm here for I'm here for the evolution because I remember like I've been with riding with Beyonce since Destiny's Child like I remember when she I think it was like that song um what's that Nasty, put some clothes on, I told you. Don't walk out your house without your clothes on, I told you. That song, <laughs> it's like the Destiny's Child song, um, Nasty. And Beyonce, back in the day, back in the early 2000s, was definitely one of those respectability, like, black respectability people in terms of, um, you know, like, not really talking about... She talked about sex, but it wasn't, like lewd I, it, I don't even want to say lewd it wasn't as it wasn't as in your face before as after Beyonce because once Beyonce came out she was like I'm ratchet and I don't I don't give up <laughs> you know I don't give a fuck period but um the evolution has been great to see with Destiny's Child and then after she started doing her own music and then like I don't know. I just really have always just respected her as an artist. And then I think it just happens to be the, the so that she is this mega star, arguably one of the, like, one of the top, one of the top 10 famous people in the world. And she happens to be ushering in this, this wave of spirituality that, like, I have, I mean, I've always been on the witch tip, you know what I mean? But it's just amazing to see that she has taken um, strides to connect black people with parts of ourselves that have been relegated to the shadows because of this, this messed up project that is um, Western colonialism. And so 
I think it's beautiful that she's doing all of this. And it's kind of like, it's kind of like she's, she is, she is creating, her, her art is so powerful because she writes herself into history, basically. At this point, she has so much cultural and social capital that she is able she is able to drive the narrative and i think it's so beautiful that she's taking the narrative in this direction and like um she is rewriting the myths that have been written about us as black people because if you look in the history books you're just gonna basically see i mean from me growing up in the elementary school y'all know y'all know they only show basically amistad error in the history books and then they sprinkled in Booker T. Washington's respectable ass and um, some other respectable black people. And they were like, you know, peace, peaceful protests, Martin Luther King Jr. <laughs> so it's like she is rewriting history. She's like, she's like, we have a history that goes farther back than what is in the history books that basically tells you, tells us black people that we've always been animals and cattle and unsophisticated and uncivilized. So we're going to get into some other stuff about all of this, but she, throughout this film, she is really, she's really, she's reactivating people's penile glands. Um, she's reactivate, helping reactivate our penile glands to like, remember these ancient symbols and these ancient concepts that were so important for our our existence they they were the the meaning that we created for our existence is what it's what fueled us it's what kept our generations going it was it's what kept our people going and so i don't oh my god i'm Ooh, I'm convulsing again. Let me take some. I'm okay. So also this morning, I'm kind of on like a different kind of tip. I'm actually drinking some ginger turmeric tea. Well, typically I don't record the podcast in the morning. I usually record it in the afternoon. But um, I got some. Uh, I got a lot of stuff to do today, so I'm I'm on the morning tip. And you know, I'm trying to stay a little bit. I mean, I'm not trying to drink before you know one o'clock. No judgment to those people who do, but. Anyway, so I'm I'm kind of on my like other kind of tip, you know. So anyway, um, so like I was saying, it's like she she is also shifting the gaze of the tradition. She is also okay. Okay, also Beyonce is her. She has so much cultural power that she doesn't have to create art that is based on the gaze of the mainstream white industry, like white audience. So it's like her creating this also is, I think it's cool because it's like, it's, I I mean, again, I'm going to get to some critiques in a little bit, but I think it's a very, it's a very, for her to have such a platform and to be such a megastar, I think it's amazing that she is basically rewriting the self into, as she's rewriting herself with the freedom of not she's re- rewriting herself with the economic liberation i guess you could say um and without fear of the repercussions because she's f- so fucking powerful it's like it's like all right 
<laughs> like, and she has such a fan base and she's riding this wave. This wave isn't, it's very interesting too that she like started this a year ago and now it's like been, it's like the project is out and we're in the, literally in the midst of revolution. So I think it's just amazing. Like, I don't know. It's just a very interesting time that this is happening. And, um, it is definitely divine time. Also, there is a full Sturgeon moon in Aquarius happening on um, August 3rd, and it's Leo season. So there is particularly like a lot of um, amazing energy out there. Um, it's Mars and Aries time right now, too. We're going to talk about that um, that Oya part. Um, Oya Yasin, Yasan. I don't really know. I'm not even going to act like I know how to say the names of the um, African deities. I, I have, I'm just starting to read on African traditional religions and stuff like that, but I'm more of like, a, I'm more of like a hermetic girl um, and like mysticism stuff, but I excuse my pronunciation of these, please, because I'm going to butcher it. But um, the full sturgeon moon and a full moon in Aquarius is happening. Aquarius is all about social revolution. So period, let's ride this wave. If you let's be, get inspired, you know what I mean? Shit. Um so let's just kind of get into this analysis. Um <clears throat> Also, like I said, also if you feel encouraged to donate to the podcast. I forgot to mention this. If you feel encouraged to donate to the podcast and help your girl keep things going, help your girl keep my vessel in order, help your girl with resources and stuff like that, you can donate. Um, so my PayPal is at K-E-O-N-D-I-L-L-O-N at gmail.com. Um, wait, not... Wait, I don't think PayPal doesn't have an app, but that's my email address, keondillon at gmail.com. Um, so that's PayPal. Venmo is K Venmo is at K E O N dash D I L L O N. And then my Cash App is um dollar sign. Capital E L D R A. Um so yes, if you feel moved by the spirit Lord Jesus, go ahead and drop drop a drop a current or two, drop a current or two to your to your girl, cause you know I appreciate I appreciate everyone's support. Period. You know what I mean. And also, if you haven't already, please uh, please, por favor, go to iTunes and leave a review, um, because I really I really appreciate all of those, and um. I don't know, any kind of love that you show, I don't know, I just be getting emotional, because, because y'all really, y'all really be, y'all really be supporting me and stuff, and lately, I have been, um, getting on live a little bit, just doing some tarot and stuff, and it's pretty fun, so, you know, your girl might, you might catch me randomly pop out on a live or whatever, so, you know, keep, keep your ears and eyes open, um, yes, thank you so much to everyone who's left a review. Um, okay, so did I need to talk about anything else? I don't think so. Let's see. Also, I'm working on a Patreon, so the Patreon will be coming out at some point in August. That's the reason I had to kind of slow down on doing the readings and stuff, because 
I gotta I gotta put my energy into different kinds of stuff. So period. You know what I mean? Okay, so let us go ahead and get into Black is King by Queen B. Thank you. Oh my god, I'm getting chills again. Oh my god. Jesus. So one of the things I kind of want to address first off is just some major themes and stuff like that. But I kind of want to talk about the reaction. Like, I think a lot of the imagery in it, there's a lot of occult imagery. But it's like, I, I don't really go and look at comments and stuff like that, especially about like works of art and works that I'm really into because it can be just kind of mean. Like people sitting there talking about Blue Ivy and stuff and it's kind of like, girl, do you even, I'm pretty sure Blue Ivy is on a tip that you can't even imagine being on in this lifetime or the next four. So quit talking about a little, like a little girl. And Blue Ivy was so cute in it and I love her because she was born a day, I think she was born a day after me. Um, And Capricorns, we go hard, period. And so... I haven't really been looking at the comments and stuff, but I have heard that people um, think it's like the devil and stuff. And it's just so interesting. Like, I don't know, we're living in 2020 now. And I think it's just time that we understand colonization and we understand like that we need to we need to get but we need to rewrite and we need to dismantle these harmful ways of thinking about black history that limit us to to 400 years of like Christianity basically. We have a history that is deeply rooted in pff, deeply rooted in history. It goes back, it's ancient, one of the oldest on the planet. And so it's just kind of like we need to understand this this symbolism is not bad. I think one of the things that the church with the church the Christian church the church I grew up in, Southern Baptist Church, it's like a lot of people in the church, the church are afraid of, like afraid of, I feel like their own kind of spiritual liberation. And I'm not saying everyone that is a Christian is like bad or anything like that, but it's like, I don't know, there's just something about it. And then, I don't know, I, I'm so thankful that I have been a mystic um, based for a long time, but I definitely went through some periods where I was like, oh my God, I'm going to hell. But that kind of thinking just is not good for the soul. Hell does not exist. The universe, I'm not saying that there aren't any, any really terrible parts of the universe, but it's way more complicated than that. And it's just really harmful thinking. And so I think it's like, people need to understand these symbols are they're integral part integral parts of reality. At one point, I think in Black is King, they are there was like the chess with people, like the black and the white team. But it's like it's more of a conversation, like Jay Z said, it's more of a dialectic, dialectical um, relationship. And you can't sit up here and act like the dark is the bad part, because a lot of this is like it's reproducing these these harmful and oppressive ways of thinking that have really promoted i would say these ways of thinking like black as far as being inferior and all that kind of stuff black as being savage that is what has justified in a lot of ways the um the violent the violence of the western state against black bodies in terms of the police brutality and all that kind of stuff so it's like we need to it's time to stop thinking that black is the devil the black is not the devil. Our heritage is not the devil. 
we didn't get saved. We didn't get saved from the devil by Christianity. And also, as the symbolism in the um in Blackest King says, or is, it Christianity came from Ethiopia. So it's like people also don't understand that they're they are what we have what we grew up with in the United States as far as Christianity is um it's literally like a page out of a thousand book um grimoire because there are gnostic texts gnostic gnosticism is a, a it's like a school of thought um a type of it's like a spirit you can think of it as a type of spirituality but it relates to the more the hidden aspects um of the of ancient texts and so with the bible um in Gnosticism, it's all kinds of shit in terms of spirits and stuff. But what the version that black people, specifically black people in the South, all over the United States, the one that we have gotten, was the Christianity is, it's removed from its context and it's been, it's been reconfigurated, um, reconfigurated in a way to brainwash people and to trans to to transform their well their original world of view to one that makes them see themselves as like inferior if you can't see yourself as a mythological god or goddess or or androgynous or trans figure which by the way a lot of deities <clears throat> in ancient texts were androgynous and transgender basically um, if you can't see yourself as a goddess or a god or a deity figure, then and you and you're li- basically t- taught that it's the, you're the devil, black demons. What 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 are the implications for that in terms of your people, in terms of how, how community building and how we treat each other and stuff like that? So, um, <clears throat> I just think it's dangerous. You know what I mean? And I. I mean, I can tell just from doing readings and stuff. Thankfully, I get some pretty cool clients. I will say my clients, I've really enjoyed, I enjoy doing readings a whole lot. And I've met some really amazing people. But it's like the fear, we have to expunge that. We are moving into the age of Aquarius. So it's like the fear around spirituality, the fear of literally existing within your own culture and history is, the fact that that is scary is it's messed up, you know what I mean? So, um, I'm really glad, but, um, that I'm really glad that she is kind of challenging these narratives. And also, she grew up, um, with an understanding of, um, African spirituality, different types of African spirituality. So, the, her mother apparently would take them, Tina would take them to see, like, the Black Madonna. And so, she had that in the film at one point. Um, and I don't know. It's just really interesting. I just, I'm just really glad that she's really retelling the story and really ushering in a new time, ushering in. And she's really transforming the traditional narrative of what black means. That's what she said on good, good, more good. What is it? Good morning, America. Um, so she's here to retell the story. (laughs) She's here to retell the story of, of us hey 
So, and like one of the things I really think is interesting about Beyonce is that she really, she speaks through the visuals. So you don't really hear her talking a lot in the, in the art. She sings and she like, she communicates through the visuals and a lot of it. It's mysterious because it, a lot of it is just left up to interp- interpretation because with with Black is King, you didn't really get a lot of instruction on how to interpret the, the piece of art. You you kind of just were like, they're like <laughs> overstimulated in some ways um, at the first part because it was just like, there was just so much beautiful imagery. But one of the things that she does is she speaks through the visuals and she speaks through the music. And a lot of it is open to interpretation, which is one of the things that I love. That's why her work is so ripe for analysis and analysis, critique, and why it's hit so it hit different is because she she leaves that room between the art and the viewer to that for them to just be free to interpret what you know whatever she creates. And so let's go ahead and dive into the Blackest King. So compared to her other film, Lemonade was basically set in <laughs> for the large part the South. Um, her homeland. So with um, Blackest King, we see this go basically from her backyard, as she said in the Good Morning America interview. We see it go from her backyard to a lot of different areas of the um, Black diaspora. <clears throat> so I think we saw her, I think there is something in the in the Caribbean at some point, but she goes a, a, to a lot of different co- countries in Africa and so she really showcases the diversity of the continent Africa. And I think one of the points that she wants to make throughout the film is to let people know that Africa, I mean, you shouldn't really even think about Africa as one continent, really, because the cultures are so different and diverse in terms of history, language. Like, <clears throat> there are some languages that don't even have really a root. Like, they don't really share roots in Africa. And so it's really important to understand that. Um, and so with the beginning of Black is King, whenever they are on the beach, this, in my view, in my, this is, this is particularly my analysis. I do draw from a couple of sources, um, some internet sources to just learn more about the Dogon people uh, whose culture is featured in the film. Mali, they're from Mali, um, West Africa. Um, shout out to Earth Tones, at Earth Tones, E-A-R-F-T-O-N-A-E-S, who did this whole um, thread that was essentially an anthropological um, analysis of of Black as King. So I'm going to be drawing from that a little bit just to talk about some of the, the particular um, cultural elements that we saw in terms of their origin and stuff like that. So yeah, the first part of the film starts out in the astral plane and we see the baby being passed down. Um, well, we see the baby first, like they start at the ocean, Beyonce and the baby, and then the baby goes over and <clears throat> receives blessings and these look like ancient ancestors and so in astrology there's this thing called astrosophy and in certain parts of astrology 
um, there's the philosophical belief that the soul like descends through the different planets through your, the birth chart. And so depending on where they are, that depends on the particular frequency and vibration that the soul is infused with. So it looks like the celestial bodies, the celestial beings are imparting the soul with its necessary lessons. So this, you can think of this kind of as like a soul contract. So this is whenever the ancestors or these high, these higher intelligent beings, I'm not, I'm not, I don't really know the particular names, but I, I can tell like kind of the archetypes in terms of the story. But, um, <clears throat> This is where the soul is being imparted with the lessons that it's going to learn, the essential parts of it that are going to, um, that it's need. I guess the seeds that this is planted with the seeds the of, div, of divine energy. Um, but also, yes, yeah, kind of where the contract is signed. So it's infused with the essence, celestial essences. That's kind of what I think of it as. And then the water represents like another world the water is a medium um that connects humans to like another world also i'm going to talk about this later but the dogon have a theory that well in their culture um these people they were visited basically by these um people from this these i guess extraterrestrial beings from the star Sirius and they look like mermaids and like mermen. So that also is interesting that it starts out at the ocean because a lot of, um, I mean, a lot of life did actually originate in the ocean. So, I mean, there's a, there's a lot in the ocean. Like there's literally over half of the world, I would say over 70% of the world is water and ocean and we don't even know the true depth of the ocean so it's kind of like you never know where humanity really came from and if you look at the ancient myths you will see that humanity's origins are not the ways that we have typically that we've been taught um so this is when the beginning is starting out in the astral plane where the soul is being infused with celestial essences like i said um so this is really connecting the soul's creation, the soul's um, preparation. Um, this is showcasing kind of like, it's depicting kind of like a myth around that. Um, for me, I think it's the truth. I mean, we can never really exactly describe it through language, this kind of process, but um, I feel like this is, and I love this. Uh, this is just, this, I do, this is my belief of, what I'm seeing through the film. Um, <clears throat> so, also, uh, before... So there we see the paint, all that kind of stuff. I'm not going to go into that kind of symbolism. But next we see that the child descends down into, um, into Earth. So I thought this was so beautiful, the imagery of the child, like, descending literally like a shooting star, um, sh literally shooting straight through the earth's atmosphere and then this is whenever we see this is the world that the child this is the child has officially entered the world and so it's super this is amazing um i love the desert scene like it was just it was amazing and it was kind of like at one point like um 
Oh, also, I forgot to mention at the uh, the song, I'm not going to be able to talk about all the music parts, but in the song, um, whenever they were at the beach, the song Bigger was playing. That was what Beyonce, Beyonce was singing. So this is really driving home the point that we are bigger than these bodies. We are literally celestial beings. What you think of as reality is bigger than you can ever really imagine. So anyway, fast forward, shooting star, blah, da, 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 da. That part, the part, whenever, I fr- I don't really remember what the song was that came on, but um, that part was amazing whenever she's in the desert, and um, I loved that, like, black glittery suit. Um, find your way back, find your way back. Ooh, oh my God, find your way back. That was, that made me cry, like, just, and then also seeing the different elements because this is whenever Beyonce begins to through her through her performance she is embodying different articulations of divinity as they've been represent represented on this planet earth um entire especially well she's drawing from a lot of different um African cultural themes so I think the part whenever it's like she's find your way back anyway and she is like the star, like she in that shimmering suit. It's just like, oh my God, this is so amazing. It was just so beautiful. And just like the visuals, it's like you're literally seeing something and then she pops up and you're like, holy shit. I had to pause it so many times, child. It was a moment. This is a moment. I feel so blessed to be living right now. So we see um, the desert scene. Um, da, da 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 da, and then also I forgot to mention the blue green person, which is very interesting. So my theory, to be honest, I think of the blue green person as being a representation of the first ancestor that like died on planet Earth, and so in um here in New Orleans and then also in Haiti, um it's called Fet Gede. And I'm probably saying the pronunciation terribly, but um, Fet Gedi is like a festival and it's like a, a celebration of this, the first ancestor that passed. Um, and so this blue-green person really makes me think of that person because we see that the ancestor is always there throughout the film, even in, in the parts whenever we see the, the kind of like quote-unquote dissension into the shadow realm and subsequent battle between um i guess this is simba i'm i'm not really gonna be able to talk about the lion king i ain't ain't gonna watch that but i'm more here for the occult stuff but this is whenever we see that the the battle between good and evil within the self within the soul so that's really what this occult theme is talking about that's also why these people think it's the devil because the system is really brainwashing you and not what the system Christianity traditional Christianity that has been oppressive I'm not saying all Christianity is but the traditional kind it has warped the true narrative to the point that it makes people not even be able to recognize what is evil when they are actually the ones who are cursed and don't even have the right kind of protection on them and it's drawing a lot of terrible energy from their soul so it's like People need to get it right, period, period, girl. So anyway, 
so after so that was the blue green person i thought that was just so interesting i love that part um like i said i'm gonna skip around a little bit because otherwise this show is going to be about three hours I'm, i don't really feel like doing no part two so another essential character that we see um and this is me talking about this specific archetype that i see through through um, my different kinds of studies of the occult and stuff like that, we see this kind of like trickster character. Um, so it's whenever Simba enters this like warehouse area and we see the snake and we see this character. I think of this as like a Papa Legba character almost. Um, the snake has a lot of significance because it's interesting in the South, the snow, like my grandmother was deathly afraid of snakes, like literal phobia. And in the South, the snake, a lot of people are afraid of snakes. Like where I grew up, you would literally just see a snake like crawling in the street. There's so many snakes down here. Um, and so that you always, you got to take a hoe and chop the head off. That's how you kill them. Cause otherwise they will get you for real. So there's a lot of mythology around that, but the snake in a lot of ancient mythologies represents represents the connection from the divine to the earth. So it's like it's kind of like the connection from the crown chakra to the root. And so it's like the snake represents the soul's dissension or I guess emanations of God. It represents not only the trav the pathway through the emanations of God through the reality the soul's pathway through these emanations of the absolute, but it also represents um, the material world. But it has it's more of a kind of like connecting force. So if you ever see like it's kind of like if you've ever seen the graphic of the snake wrapped around the tree of life, that is the the snake metaphorically is used to travel. You could think of astral travel to these higher planes of existence to interact with higher levels um, of intelligence and higher higher levels of knowledge. These spirits, the highest level spirits, you could think of these as Orisha or you could think of these as like um, different deities that people pray to, you know? So um, a lot, all of this has a, an occult kind of theme to it and you can extract it and see uh, the commonality in between ancient cultures. So we see this trickster figure. And so the trickster was like, you know, like, I think this is Scar um, and Cha, the trickster girl. I was like, he fine, Cha. He looked really good. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> she, she definitely tricked me. And he had all that gold on too, dark and beautiful. So the trickster is the person who um, is at the crossroads, you know what I mean? And at event, this is kind of like a metaphor for later on whenever Simba has to choose between himself and, the, uh, I guess, evil, you know, choose finding his way back to the, the, his god self. Um, the trickster, Scar, is like, who are you? So this becomes the essential theme and the essential question um, that the hero, quote-unquote, um, pursues throughout the story. And so, um, yes, yeah, so we talked about the snake, gold, ego, yeah, dissension into the levels of reality. Yes, so um, then 
let's see, we see him move, we move from the warehouse to um, the car, and this is the first appearance of, well, one of the first, I think they showed this in the um, before part, but the we see the appearance of the, um, the cu cultural artifacts of the Dogon people, um, Awa, and um, <clears throat> basically Awa is like the society and um, it's like Awa society, but it's an African mask. Um, so the, they're like the mask. It's kind of hard to miss them, but they were there were these two twins in uh, but that were standing around Beyonce, and she was in like in the celestial realm, and they were like dancing. This is the Awa, and so I really want to go in about the Dogon and the Awa. Um, heritage because this is and it's this is kind of like really integral to in my spirituality into like since I was like 15 I've been really into the like Pleiadians and understanding these ancient societies that go that were prehistoric and like that we don't really have um mainstream access and knowledge to but throughout cultures especially in African cultures you in voodoo and um I don't know about Santeria, but typically they a lot of ancient cultures talk about these higher level spirit beings as if they have been on planet Earth. So it's very interesting because these could have been ways that these oral traditions um, mythified these grander than life characters, but that we also are representations of um, and also who we, we share characteristics with. And so I think that is very interesting. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely going to talk about the Dogon people. One of the things I really wanted to talk about was um, Beyonce and her representation and just her feminine power in this. So in a lot of the different um, the different parts of Black is King, we see her um, around like a group of men. So I thought that was really cool and very interesting that she... Uh, she was, I mean, she's done this before. I think this was with, with Jay-Z. She was talking about, I think, like, she's more, like, nigga than the other niggas in the room or something like that. I, I you know, I don't really play into all of the traditional, you know, hetero terrorist patriarchal um, vibes. But, <laughs> but I think it's a very interesting show of power and masculinity, you know what I mean? And just the fact that she's showing that, like, I'm, I'm channeling the divine masculine here through my femme energy. So she, it's really interesting how she occupies space with other men. She's like in high heels and looking pretty beautiful. And then these other, these men are like, hey, hey. and she's like right there with them like, hey, hey, ah, ah. <laughs> So it's like, Beyonce could walk in any hood and people would be like, uh-uh, don't even, do not even come for Bay, Queen Bay. So I think it's really cool that she is, she's showing her power through putting herself and her art in these different spaces that, um, that reinforce ideas that she is a, she's a strong feminine character, you know what I mean? So I think it's, I think that's really beautiful. Um, and that's one of the things I really wanted to talk about. And then later on, so let's just kind of like fast forward. Okay. So one of the parts that I kind of wanted to critique a little bit was the part whenever Simba is in the garden and he's like dreaming and laying under the tree and stuff like that. 
Um, and then he like he goes into this dream world and we see all these like extravagant um, showcases of wealth and stuff like that. I did think that was really cool. Um, and then they had like the white waiter and stuff like that. But I am critical of these types of showcases of like hyper capitalism because it does re it does reinforce this kind of materialistic aspect of um reality when it's kind of like we need to actually we need to be centering um we need to be centering narratives that don't solely focus on material riches as being a source of power but also it i wonder if that was a critique of simba dreaming of of simba dreaming of um or I would say Simba becoming enticed by the material world, the material world that exists at the tail of the snake. Um, so <clears throat> I don't know. That was <clears throat> that was one thing I really I kind of I guess I could critique a little bit. Um, but I thought that the you know I thought that art was beautiful. You know what I mean? It was amazing. And period for anybody you know I'm I'm said like I said I'm Bay High, but I'm also. I'm also progressively um, anti-capitalist, and I'm here for reimagining different ways that we can exist without living in this type of system of where wealth and power is um, kind of main stage for, for or a key or a gateway to living a life <clears throat> that is any any kind of um, that is even a little bit reminiscent of something that is free. So, but it was beautiful. I I really, that was, that was a really beautiful part. Um, the house and stuff like that. So anyway, that was a very interesting part. And then, you know, the white waiter, I'm kind of like, well, you know, whatever. Um, I'm not like I'm saying it's not cool. And not like I'm saying like white people haven't done terrible stuff and stuff like that. But like I said, I'm kind of like, I want to see. I want to see new ways of imagining community and stuff like that. Cause I do kind of agree with no name. Um, I do agree with both sides of the story. I can see it from both sides. So no name basically went on Twitter and said something. Let me look up what she said. Um, <clears throat> let me see. So what did, what did she say? So she said something about Beyonce, um, that has caused like a lot of backlash. Like, oof. Okay, so <clears throat> let me see what she said. I don't really think it was like super sh shady. I think it was just kind of like she's just being real. Like, because everyone is open to critique, you know what I mean? Um, so it's like, dude, chill out, whatever. Okay, so this is what the tweet said. We love an African aesthetic draped in capitalism hope we remember the black folks folks on the continent whose daily lives are impacted by u.s imperialism if we can uplift the imagery i hope we can uplift those who will never be able to access it black liberation is a global struggle which i do i do very much so um agree with that some other person who said that they were Af um, from west africa was like um, well you haven't really done that much for africa because um, she's like showing the diversity of Africa and all this kind of stuff, which I, I mean, I think, I mean, I can see both sides, but I will say that 
Um, I'll also no name posted some things about some uh, political upheaval that's going on in different African countries to bring awareness to that. I think, I don't know if she posted something about Zimbabwe, um, but these countries have been ravaged by capitalism and a lot of the resources that we get, um, such as oil, have caused this, um, this kind of violence, you know? So these are countries that have been impacted by U.S. Imperial, imperialism and colonization and hyper-capitalist colonization. And it's very important that we are aware of this as we also, as we consume these images um, and we connect to a part of Africa that even Africans who live in Africa don't get to connect to. So that is very... I think that was a very articulate way to say this. And I mean, I'm not really, I'm not going to sit here and shade no name. Like, um, she's a young, she's a young artist. And like, <clears throat> I mean, I don't know. <clears throat> I thought it was a good critique. And also there have been some critiques about the fact that um, most of the people are able-bodied in the film. And also... Um, the fact that there are um, not really that many representations of gender nonconformity, uh, and there there aren't very many not many representations of queer people, um, which I def I do agree to some I do agree to some degree. So um, anyway, let's flash forward to the car part. Whenever we see Simba is in the car, so I'm fast forwarding through like a lot of different parts or whatever. Um, but so let's fast forward to the part whenever Simba's in the car. This part kind of reminded me of like um, Enter the Void. Um, I don't know why, but I guess like the lights and stuff like that, the city that he was in and stuff like that. But um, he, you know, we see the apartment and stuff like that. And then he goes to drive, he goes to a ride in the car and so then um, we see the lights and he's like, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, the cars are like, he's, I think it's like, it's, he's in the parking lot and they're doing racing and stuff. But then we see the Papa Legba figure come in and be like, doo, 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 and it always comes with him like doing the thing with his ring. And that makes, that kind of makes Simba like snap out of, snap into another reality and this is the re and then we kind of see i'm going to fast forward to the reality whenever we see the battle between the soul um and we see the battle between good and evil within simba's soul that where he can choose one or the other and we see that amazing dance scene that beyonce did in the red where she is representing oya iasan um don't I butchered that pronunciation, I'm pretty sure. But apparently, I looked this up a little bit, but um, Shoya is a companion of Shango and is known to protect witches and the cemetery. Um, <clears throat> and so I have read some stuff in, about um, her in Santeria. But um, yeah, she's the Orisha of the winds, lightning, and violent storms, death, and rebirth. And so Beyonce is very interesting. I really thought, um, I really liked um, the part whenever she was just representing this like the just the ugly part like just the uh, the evil you know like papa legba the, that figure the trickster figure does this thing where he like opens his mouth wide and then he's like Wah! and um 
that scene was just so powerful. And I brought this up in my Instagram, but the red is a, it's a, red is a very powerful color. And back in the days um, of chattel slavery, black people were not allowed to wear red in a lot of different, <clears throat> in a lot of different parts of the con, in a lot of different parts of the West because um, the white people knew that it was integral to our ceremony and knew that we knew that we drew a source of power from it because during colonization, I've, I've actually, I, I did Latin American studies in college. And um, so this is kind of how I knew this, but a lot of these people, a lot of these colonizers back then um, and Latin American stuff like that saw black people as being supernatural um, and so being able to access parts of the earth and reality that they were not able to access. So also kind of like that's where the dark being synonymous with the mystic comes in. But it's just like, yo, don't hate on our swag because we connected as fuck. Um, so I wanted to also bring up the full moon. The full moon is also in the... Um, and throughout the film, so we see a full moon, and the full moon represents the unconscious, and it represents the hidden, the occult. It represents femme energy, but it also reflects the light of the sun. So it's also a reminder of our, our own divinity and our own need to explore our own shadows, but as reflections of the sun. So I really, I really love that part. And then whenever she goes into the Oya part, woo, we see an eclipse. During a transitional period, there's an eclipse happening, it looks like. And eclipses is kind of whenever the veil is lifted and the spirits are out. So that's that's the reason eclipses are great times to do astral travel and stuff like that if you protect it. But um, the eclipse is whenever the spirits come out. That's whenever the veil is lifted. And this is when we see that Simba is presented with this challenge to... It's a fight between good and evil and stuff like that. Um, I didn't really go over the marriage part and I also forgot to kind of go over the grandfather and the sacrifice and all that kind of stuff, but you can look that up later. Um, so that I want, it's really, the eclipse is very interesting because throughout the film we see Beyonce, she is, she's a deity, but she's kind of like a shapeshifter. She represents so many different forms of, different forms and aspects of different representations of um these types of spirituality from africa and so i think that is just so amazing she's literally a shapeshifter throughout the whole film like that's the reason it's so boss it's like oh my god the conceptualization just like all the things that she draws together um i also wanted to bring up dark skin girls oh my god dark skin girls was so beautiful dark skin girls Skin just like pearls. Da, da, da. I love it. And then Blue Ivy was so cute in it. And I love that she had Naomi Campbell. She had Lupita, um, Kelly. Her mom was in it. But this, I love that she did an homage to dark-skinned women. And um, I'm dark. And I, I am pride. I have a lot of pride in my dark skin, period. And thankfully... Um, I mean, there was some colorism where I grew up and stuff, but for the most part, being in Mississippi, um, I guess being a dark male wasn't... I mean, I've 
I definitely went through stuff, but in the black community, it was kind of like cool or cooler, I guess. So I'm happy that I grew up with some pride in my dark skin. And I'm glad that Beyonce understands the importance of like doing this kind of stuff. So I thought that was so beautiful. Like, oh my God. And then the black girl was just so beautiful. And it was just like, I'm so happy that the younger generations are getting the opportunity to have this kind of artwork to like grow up with, you know what I mean? Like, and I think it's just a great, it's a great thing because they are going to grow up with seeing themselves in these like grander than life characters on like on the screen, you know? So this, that was very, I just love that part a whole lot. Um, But yes, back to the eclipse. Oh yeah. The artists, the music, I don't know all the artists and stuff like that, but the music was on point. This is when it just went buck wild. Beyonce was like, let me just let you know real quick. What is up? Oh, Oh my God. It was beautiful. Okay, so next I really wanted to just do a conversation about the Dogon. And so the Dogon, it's culture. This is something that I have been researching. And this is the reason I call myself a star scene, a star seed spiritual being. Because I, because this is like a lot of ancient cultures who are connecting themselves to these stars, who have these ancient myths that connect us to beings that that are grander in intelligence than we can even, that our mainstream culture tells us. And it's like, we're reflections of these beings, but also it's a lot deeper than you think. And we could definitely go down the rabbit hole. Um, we can, oof. I could definitely go down the rabbit hole with you about a lot of conspiracies. That <laughs> A lot of conspiracies, a lot of, I don't know. I, sometimes, you know, conspiracies, they are... There's an element of truth to all conspiracies in my in my in my opinion. So I'm not really going to talk about that right now. But I want to talk about the um the Dogon people and the so these the, in the film we see throughout there's the we see the ancestor, the blue green person, and then we see these appearances that um of the Awa uh, we see these appearances of Awa cultural artifacts. And so if you look up um, Mali, Mali in West Africa, it is very close to West Africa. It's very close to the area um, the, that was um, exploited for a good part of the transatlantic trade of um, enslaved black people. And so in this, in this place, we see the, the people, um, the, a tribe of people called the Dogon live, live there. And um, they're believed to be of Egyptian descent. And just so y'all know, there's a, there's actual evidence that Egyptians were black. The first Egyptians were black, dark-skinned people. Kush, look up the Kush Empire. They actually defeated the entire Egyptian, what was the lighter-skinned Egyptian e- empire. Look this stuff up. It was on, like, National Geographic. Like, this is real stuff. And there's actual articles about it and stuff like that. This is actual history. So they were of Egyptian descent. And a lot of the astronomy that they knew, a lot of their astronomical lore goes back thousands of years to, like, basically 3200 B.C., and so, according to a lot of their traditions, um, and this is, okay, so a lot of their traditions inferred, made 
inf made inferences about astrological phenomena before Western scientists even knew about it. It wasn't until like the 20th century that these that Western scientists knew about this stuff. So they had the, in their traditions they knew that the Sirius star um, has a companion star that is invisible to the human eye. And it is it the companion star has a fifty year elliptical orbit around the vis visible Sirius star, and it's extremely heavy. Um, so, <clears throat> two French anthropologists, um, their names don't matter, um, recorded four Dogon priests talking about this in the nineteen thirties, and it wasn't until the nineteen seventies that scientists discovered the Sirius star. Um, let me see what distance, how far, um, it is from Earth. So the Sirius star, the companion star is 8.6, it's 8.611 light years away from planet Earth. So this, that's a long time. Um, look it up. <laughs> But a light year is basically, like, how long the light can travel in, like, a year. Um, which is it's a lot of miles. It's kind of, it's unfathomable. So how did they know about this without, how did they know about this without these quote-unquote modern in instruments? And actually, Carl Sagan, um, asshole, um, told people that, it wasn't possible that they knew this knowledge. They must have had some kind of contact with a Western culture that had that had given them this kind of knowledge when it's kind of like, dude. And I mean, some parts of their lore and some parts of what they talk about are, um, some parts are kind of like off. Um, I don't really know exactly which parts. I, mean, I don't really feel like talking about that. We just gonna talk about the positive part. But um, this is something that they are really known for and they also, they had this legend. Um, so the legend goes that they were visited um, by a race of people who came from the Sirius system, the Sirius star system. And these people were called Nomos. And they visited Earth thousands of years ago. And the Nomos were amphibious beings who resembled mermen and mermaids. And these figures also appear in Babylon... Um, in Babylonian texts, myth, te texts and myths, um, Akkadian, um, that's A-K-K-A-D-I-A-N, and Sumerian myths. And um, these, they're connected also to the Egyptian goddess Isis, um, who is sometimes depicted as a mermaid. And she's also linked with the Sirius star. And so the Dogon, the Dogons, according to their legend, the Nomos lived on a planet that orbits another star in the star in the Sirius system, and they landed on Earth in an arc that made that made a kind of like spinning descent to the ground and a lot a lot of noise and stuff like that, which kind of makes me wonder, like, because there are some Gnostic talk texts that talk about um, Noah's Ark and Noah's Ark actually being like the time of the creation of the ocean or something like that because it's a huge flood and then like they talk they there's some stuff about like genetic engineering because it's interesting that they have to choose animals to take onto the ship but we're not even going to get into that today 
but I think it's interesting. So we have, um, but I think it's interesting, like, because a lot of some Gnostic texts say that Noah was visited by spirits. And that's the reason he was getting these visions about this eventual flood that would happen. So that is very interesting. So was Noah fucking with water demons and water spirits? Because that's another thing we see, water spirits. And we, as people of the West African coast, generally, um... And a lot of pe- black people um, come from, that black people who are black from the U.S. come from West Africa. We have a lot of, a lot of myths about water spirits. We see a lot of um, Yemaya, um, Imoja, um, energy, Yemaya. So we, and that is water spirit energy. So we see a lot of that in this, but it's very interesting that the Nomos have a legend um, around these, um, or the the Dogon have a a legend around the Nomos who visited us, and apparently they yeah they knew that the planet Jupiter has four moons and that Saturn has rings and that the planets orbit the sun. The sun they have known this for thousands of years, and these are facts that Westerners only discovered after Galileo invented the telescope. So how you gonna tell me astral travel ain't real? Anyway, also, um, disclosure has happened. We all know extraterrestrials exist, period, on period. So get it right. Um, but yeah, I think it's very interesting. I really like that she brings light to these themes. And I really like that she talks about these things, um, in the, this, um, in the film Black as King. And I think this is very important because it really... Like, y'all already know, in my shamanic work, in my spiritual work, um, and being a spiritualist, you understand that spirits exist in forms that, that transcend normal, like, human thought and our conceptualization of reality. So, spirits, there's, over the time that humanity has been on the planet, we have really worked with we there's been a lot of spirits created there's a lot of spirits spirits that still exist from the beginning of our our ability to create spirits there are spirits that have existed since the beginning of time elements are spirits i think one thing cool thing that beyonce does in the film is that she like i love i love the part when they're dancing on the river the line of women and they're like moving their hips and stuff and this is like these are the elements that are dancing in rhythm with the rotation of the earth on its axis you know what i mean and this this is all happening because earth is on a certain electromagnetic frequency if you want to really get deep and talk about the quantum mechanics of it but it's like the elements they exist in rhythm with the earth and these ancient cultures understood these higher these higher types of knowledge and were not so grounded in materialism and so grounded in these these types of lower vibration lower vibratory frequencies that our culture pushes us to engage in terms of like looking at the screen all the time and stuff like that and really not caring about the earth and not understanding the importance of reciprocation and understanding our place within the cosmos and so um i really think it's cool that she's bringing light to these star 
these star beings because we are all star seeds and that's why i call myself a star seed being um because we i mean period the planet earth has been plum like it's been how do you say it pummeled um pummeled let me see how do you say that word yeah pummeled with um meteorites it's been pummeled with asteroids there have been a lot of there's been a lot of extraterrestrial um genetic material that has come to earth by way of these meteorites that hit the planet i mean dogon tribes also there's a, I, I don't know if it's the dogon but there's a west african tribe that believes that um cannabis came from a star i don't know which star it was i think it might be the sirius star or something like that but it came from a star and hit the planet and that's how it started to grow mushrooms fungi fungi could uh, could be i mean they could be from another planet in my shamanic practices i believe that plant the plants that enable us to expand our consciousness, their origins are not, they're extraterrestrial and they connect us to, they connect us to different planes of existence by way of a certain chemical structure. You know what I mean? So it's very interesting. That's, that's my shamanic philosophy. But it's, we have to understand that we exist in a whole cosmology that we haven't really been in contact with through Western culture and it's 2020 it's a pandemic going on people are dying and it's kind of like it's the point where get your life right you know what i mean get your life right and if you are interested in this stuff tackle the fear don't be a don't be afraid of what's inside you you need to be afraid of what's out here so it's important that you cultivate a relationship with your spirit and with your spirit guides and your ancestors and um i do think this is definitely going to create a huge interest in african traditional religions but i mean i i'm i don't i'm not i don't adhere to an african traditional religion unless you call hoodoo an african traditional religion which arguably some scholars would say that it is a religious system but um Remember to start with yourself, you know what I mean? Especially black people, remember to start with yourself. Remember to start with your region of the country that you live in. Remember to start with your ancestors. That's always who you're going to have to start with and revering because starting with your ancestors helps you begin to do the work, the intergenerational healing that you need to do in order to be in the right conditioning so that you can receive from these higher level beings, from ancestors, um and from the orisha if you do that kind of stuff um because you can't be a temple you this is like it's kind of like you got to fine tune your antenna and if you if your t antenna is going to short circuit because you can't take the voltage of electricity that you're going to be getting then you're about to be fucked up period because it's like once you agree to start doing spiritual work once you agree to step into another kind of spiritual lifestyle you get downloads and you got to take care of your body you got to make sure that you have worked on intergenerational wombs and that you're able to recognize things within yourself that that fit into a pattern that you have been 
tra trained into, you know, that you have been indoctrinated into, and it's time for healing. And so that's why you get a reading from people, um, so they can read your life and tell you what's going on and stuff. So it's just very important that we understand that, and I love that Beyonce is bringing this into light and bringing these concepts into light, because that is that's also one thing my Patreon is going to be on too. It's about to be like, this is mystic stuff. This is thousands of years old knowledge. And that is one thing that my work is really dedicated to is um, helping people understand that they are more powerful than they really think that they are. No matter what situation you're going through in this lifetime, it it's your story and it's your narrative and it's special and your pain is relevant. You you need to give yourself space to feel any kind of pain that you feel but also understand that you are worthy of redemption and i think that is one thing that this this life is about is is it's like about going through the hardship because this is a very difficult plane to live in and exist in and it's about it's about understanding that we it's about understanding that the soul deserves redemption and the soul seeks its own form of redemption and you have your own relationship with spirit guides. You have your own relationship with the divine. And that is one what I am here to try to cultivate in you, to give you techniques and stuff like that, to be a reader and a channeler. Um, and that's what most spiritual people are here to do. And so, um, yeah, that I think that's all I really want to talk about for the show. Um, yeah, the critiques, I talked about the critiques and stuff like that. We talked about some of the history. We talked about a lot of stuff today. Um, but yeah, that's kind of all I wanted to really talk about. Thank y'all so much for listening. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. This was great. I love the, the ginger tea. The ginger and turmeric tea had me going. Make sure that you check out the, um, make sure that you leave a review on, on iTunes. Um, if you leave a re review, I will read it out on the show. Also, if you want to donate, my PayPal is my PayPal email is keondillon at gmail.com. K-E-O-N-D-I-L-L-O-N at gmail.com. Uh, my Venmo is at K-E-O-N-D-I-L-L-O-N. Um, my Cash App is dollar sign capital E. L D R A, um, dollar sign Eldra, and um, yeah, thank you so much for listening. Um, leave me some comments on Instagram. Let me know what you think. You know, tell your friends. Like, send this analysis around and stuff because we're trying to spread the starseed gospel because this is about expansion into the age of Aquarius, and we are gonna ride this wave, my spiritualists. Because period, we here. So I'm sending y'all so much love. Thank you so much for listening and stay safe out there and stay protected. I love y'all. All right, bye.